1: Tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world overflow. In. Give a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Give a life bigger than
2: yourself. Give it. You are listening to the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer. Today, we will hear a classic message that we believe will be a blessing to you. Our goal is to teach God's Word in a way that compels you to live a life that overflows and blesses others. Let's get started. This
1: morning, we are going to be in a familiar portion of Scripture. John chapter 11, beginning with the first verse, we're going to look at it. And see some things we perhaps have never saw before. Now, a certain man was sick. This was a deadly illness. The language communicates the idea that fever, pain and weakness, all of that was present in this moment. And the next word introduces an individual that, up to this point, we had never heard of him before. His name was Lazarus. His name literally means, God is my help. Have you ever had a name, something that people called you, that was a blessing when you're strong but somehow mocks you when you're weak it's easy to say God is my help when your bills are paid your body's healed your wife's okay your children are behaving but it's tough when you have a name when things aren't going the way people think they should for a person in your position. And in moments like that, they things like you call yourself a Christian? Lazarus was named a name, and he had to walk through having this name, through the ups and downs, the valleys and the peaks of his life. And this was Lazarus of Bethany. Just a couple miles outside of Jerusalem, the religious center of the nation. The town of Mary and her sister Martha. Lazarus was loved by two sisters. In verse 2, the New King James Version says, And it was that Mary. By the time of John's writing, Mary was not just Mary anymore. She was that Mary. Mary, she had become that girl who had anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Well, what's troubling here is that many scholars say this is the same Mary of Luke chapter 7. Let's go there. Luke chapter 7 and verse 37. It says this of Mary. Mary. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner. At this point, she's not yet that Mary. She's referred to based on her past. Ever have, you know, a a label on your life? You may not be that anymore, but, 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 you know, everybody calls you by what you used to be. Well, in Luke, she was simply referred to as a sinner. But we're about to discover just one act of worship was about to change her destiny and change her from sinner to that girl. When she knew, this worshiping woman, that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house. How many of you know that the Pharisees weren't warm and cuddly people? They didn't really have parties that she wanted to attend. But when she found out, though she was considered a sinner, when she found out that Jesus was in that Pharisee's house, she came anyway. And you may not like the people in the house. In fact, some people in this house may not even like you. But all that should matter is Jesus in the house. And if he's in the house, I'm going to be there. No matter what they say, no matter how I feel, where he is, I want to be also. And she came, not begrudgingly, not feeling sorry for herself. Talking about, I don't fit in, and and I don't know if they're going to like me and accept me. None of that was on her mind. She was considered a sinner, and she knew it. She knew they didn't like him, but she walked in anyway. The Bible says she came in with a, a, a box of alabaster, which was really a flask of fragrant oil. Mary was different than most worshipers. Many times we go to God wanting something, looking for something, and that's not wrong. But Mary was unique in that when she came to worship God, she always brought something with her. And In this case, it was something very expensive. In this case, it was something quite moving. And in this case, it would become very controversial. Even the disciples themselves would say, this was a waste this was excess. This should not happen. That's too much. But this woman was a worshiper. And if you want to worship in a way that changes your life, you got to bring these three elements. you got to bring something that's expensive, something that moves you, and sometimes it will be controversial. And the Bible says she stood at his feet behind him. It's important. She wasn't looking for anything. She just wanted to be a blessing to the individual that had set her free. She came up behind him weeping. Not just a few tears, but her shoulders were moving. It says it's a weep. It means it's guttural. But it's not worship. It's just a song until it becomes personal. Worship happens when it just happened a few moments ago. When, you, when you're no longer singing lyrics from a screen. But somehow you are now pouring out your heart to your God. Well, there she is weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears. You know, no matter how good you are, the roads we travel tend to leave a little bit of residue. But Mary resolved that as much as it depended on her, Jesus' needs, no matter how small they were, she'd make sure were always provided for. And if you're going to be a worshiper, you don't always have to sit at the head table at this, the head seat. You don't always have to have a, 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 a red uh, carpet rolled out when you come. If you're really a worshiper, you will go to the, his feet with the least part of his body, the dirtiest part of his, the most dishonored part of his body. But when she went to worship, she went to the least. She went to the despised. She, she, she went to the place that had no honor. And she served. This woman understood worship. And she wiped his feet with her long head of hair. How many of you know ladies can be particular about their hair? <laughs> Especially getting it wet. But Mary here set aside her looking okay to make sure her Jesus looked okay. And when you're a true worshiper, it doesn't really matter what the people in the room think. As long as, as your focus is on making Christ look, it's not about you, it's about him. And this was her heart, this was her focus, and this is the thing that marked her life through the rest of her days. Then it says, it's a little more controversial, and she kissed his feet. You know, first tears, hair, and now kisses. But before we make this thing creepy, like some of the modern movie makers tried to, she did not kiss his face, but his feet. All she was trying to do was love him as selflessly as he had loved her. This was not some romance in the making. My wife has never kissed my feet. As long as we've been married, that just never happened. It just popped into my head. This is not romance. This was worship. She loved him. And she wanted to love him back in the humblest way. She knew how. And she anointed them, his feet, with the fragrant oil. The Bible teaches us that this oil was worth a year's salary. That's why the disciples, God said, that's too much money to waste on G- Some people come to church with the same attitude. That's too much money. This woman not only worshiped extravagantly, she worked passionately. And this is what made her become that Mary. And in the kingdom, I want to become that guy. I know you want to become that girl. But in order to do it, we're going to have to worship passionately. extravagantly forgetting ourselves focusing on him even if it takes us to the very least even if we have to do the the most insignificant it's that type of worship more Jesus in Scripture and honored the most John 11 and 2 it was that Mary Who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore, the the sisters Mary and Martha here sent them saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is what? Sick. If the sisters were telling the truth, God's love doesn't necessarily shield us from every problem. God reserves the right to save us from some problems, but to walk us through others. And in this situation, his choice was not to save Lazarus from, but to walk him through. When Jesus heard that, he heard a statement from the sisters. He said, this sickness is not unto what? Death. He was saying this sickness would not lead to death, but through death. Yeah. Do you hear me? What situation this, you're in. It's part of your journey on the way to where you need to go. He said, this thing is not unto, but I will walk instead you through. Psalms 23 and verse 4 says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. When God walks you through instead of saving you from, it can be just a little bit scary. It it, it can be just a little bit unnerving, but I want you to hear the decision that, that the sweet psalmist of Israel made young David while he was dealing with danger and peril. He said, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I make a choice. I will fear no evil. God could have chosen to have saved everyone on that fatal airplane ride. But instead, he decided to walk the survivors through it instead of saving us from it. And that choice is the pure prerogative of God. John 11 and 14, he said, This sickness. It's not unto death, but watch this, but for the glory
0: of God.
1: How many in this room would like the next level in your life? You want to go to the next level of glory in your life. Yeah, amen. Amen. You're quiet today, but amen. Well, here's something I know. The next level of glory often comes after the next level of pain the greater the glory God wants to release in our lives, the more challenges and often the more problems God chooses to lead us through. He said that the Son of God, this language is tough on inch-deep theology, but let's learn from Scripture. That the Son of God may be glorified through it. The word glory in the Hebrew is kabod, which literally means weight. And what Jesus wanted to do in Lazarus' life was shift his boxing class. He wanted to, to move his, his weight up. Are you hearing me? In the ring. Because lightweight people face lightweight problems. But if you want to start stomping with the big dogs, you hear what I'm saying in life? If you want to run and and, and move with the heavyweights, you're going to have to sometime deal with heavyweight problems. And God in his wisdom won't protect you from it. He'll keep you through it. That's his course. That's what he does. He's our God. Now, Jesus loves, say it again, in case you misconstrued. Jesus loved Martha and her sister Lazarus. And she's thinking, well, well God, if you love me so much, why did this happen? Maybe God's love is not just always protecting you from, but his patience in walking you through the valley of the shadow of death, There were some choices I didn't like God I wanted you to save me from But he said no son I've called you to walk through that Amen. And sometimes I'd, cry, I'd be upset God why God why I said no Even my son Jesus I could not And I would not deliver him from the cross But I delivered him through it And if you're going to be like Christ Sometimes you got to go through to get to the place. God's called you to. Verse six. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. This will make you scratch your head. It said Jesus loved them. But when they needed him the most, he seemed to stay the furthest away. Sometimes it doesn't make a lot of sense But it's because we don't know the end of the thing and we're just in the middle of the thing In the end it will speak and not lies the Bible says You know when I look back all of a sudden stuff he brought me through makes sense But while I was in it, I didn't get it All I could do was trust You know in verse 15 he actually explains the answer to this, this, this conundrum that they were, they were in. But let's start in verse 14. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Real faith is not denying the facts. Real faith is trusting God in spite of the facts. That's genuine faith in God. Verse 15 is difficult. That's why I said, you know, nickel, theology will not work here. Jesus looked at him and said, I'm glad. What? Someone just died. People are crying. People are hurt. And you're going to be insensitive enough to stand up talking about you're glad. But Jesus finished the sentence. He's like nobody else in the history of the world. He said, and I'm glad for your sake, meaning everything he did was in consideration of them. I'm glad for, for your sake that I was not there. And then he explained that you may what? Believe. The reason he delayed was for their faith to deepen. And God's delays are opportunities. Opportunities. For our faith to deepen and to strengthen. If God is always Johnny on the spot, we would become spoiled children. Perseverance will never grow. We will never become godly. We will never become like Christ. We can't grow up if God always shoves the lollipop in our mouth. We'll never grow up if he's always giving us Tootsie Rolls and and Skittles. But God, in his wisdom, fixes some things like that, but other things, he takes you through. That's right. That's right. Not because he's weak, but often because we need it. Right. Amen. I like this next word. Nevertheless, let us go to him. You see, the problem was Jesus had already... Showed the whole nation that God loved them and wanted to heal their sickness, diseases, free them of the demons. But Jesus was ready to dig a little bit deeper. And He wanted to expand their hearts to, to embrace even a deeper truth. That Jesus didn't want to just deal with insipid death and, and, and healing and demons, though that's important. Ultimately, He came to destroy death itself. And He wanted to enlarge their vision of His capacity to help and fix things broken. But in order for him to do it, he had to take them through it. David did not just fight Goliath. That's not what happened. He was first successful with his lion and his bear. And then he kind of built up. He said, you know, as God has come upon me and helped me defeat the lion and the bear, so will you be, Mr. Goliath. In healing from sickness and the casting out of demons, all of that is, 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 is kind of, uh, I don't want to say a shadowing, but it, it's just a, a small glimpse of the ultimate power. So he does those small things so we can see the bigger things. And all this is transpiring. He said, though, okay, good. We have a situation bad enough for me to show that I'm God enough. See that one more time. Come on, give Jesus a hallelujah. Thank you. God is not dead. Amen. Verse 16. Then Thomas, who's called twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. People were trying to kill Jesus. And, and, and they all understood this. But Jesus was willing to risk his life to save a life. And meaningful ministry, meaningful service to God will always carry an element of risk. It will always have that. If you never take chances, you're probably not doing anything of any real value. Verse 20. Now, Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, she went and she met him, only one sister. But Mary was left sitting in the house. Now, remember This is that Mary who washed Jesus' feet with her tears. This is that Mary who opened up her alabaster uh, uh, perfume flask and, and poured that expensive perfume on the master's feet. But something had changed. For the first time in Scripture, we see her unresponsive to the Lord's presence. In times past, Mary and Martha hosted Jesus. Martha was busy doing the works, chores, making the food ready and all the rest. And, and Mary was so in love with the presence of Jesus, she sat at the master's feet. And Martha got mad at her saying, well, Jesus, say something to her. We got all this work to do and she's staying with you and the guys and listening. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. She's chosen the better part.
2: This has been a classic edition of the Live Big broadcast with Derek Greer pastor of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. We pray that you join us tomorrow as we continue this teaching. Our prayer is that this teaching from God's Word strengthens and inspires you to live a life bigger than yourself. So remember, you can access this message and much more for free at gracechurchva.org. And we also invite you to join the Grace Church family for service online by connecting on our website or on YouTube at TV. That's our time for today. Until next time, remember, you have what it takes to live big.
1: Family, we are in unprecedented times. People are hurting. Crime is rising. And Despite our best efforts, the church is becoming more and more polarized. We have the white church, the black church, Latino church, Asian church, etc., all with important interests, but the principal interest must always be the larger cause of Christ. Jesus said, a house divided cannot stand. So if we're going to survive these uncertain times, it's vital that we deal boldly with the hindrances to our unity. And chief among them is race. When my children were small, I taught them to do four things when they hurt each other. Number one, admit their mistake. Number two, empathize with the pain they caused. Number three, find ways to make things right. And number four, move forward with their relationship. But each of these steps could only take place after a conversation. It's time for us to talk. Join me and leaders like Don Crow, Pastor John Jenkins, Pastor Samuel Rodriguez, Gordon Robertson, and many others by signing the Statement of Change. Go to letstalklive.org. That's letstalklive.org. And we can make a difference
0: together